Honestly, you know, like you know how like some people do like pod after dark. We do like pod after sangria. That's all we do. No, we're not. Yeah, we were. Right, imagine that. Yeah, we'll give Dave a few, uh, few sangrias, and we'll we'll see what he really thinks about it. Anyhow. Um. Right, straight into it. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt. Joining me this week, like every week, is Mosley Marauder, Mister. Wobbler himself, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. Oh, hi, Will. Um, and to his right, wearing Cleveland 23, although he's not from Cleveland, Ohio, he hails from Solihull. It's Mr. Pod Ross, Ross Bird. Good evening. Above him in full flight regalia. And by that, I mean he's got ideas now. It's uh, Sports Media's number one, number one, Talisa N-Dubs, Top Gun, and Joel Linton, superfan. It's Mr. Mike Breslin. Hello, everyone. Yes, here we are again. Back on road again. Luckily, lots to talk about, hasn't there? Because nothing's happened this week. Oh, Christ. Just let's talk about it. Like, the levels of stupidity that went into the decision to call off the football at the weekend. I just want to start there. And as I was saying to you, Mike, there's no plan for this podcast. We'll see where the day takes us. There is more of a plan than there was. For the Premier League, what yeah. they might do, oh, yeah. really happen to pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I don't want to say, look, obviously, rest in peace to her, man. But she was 96, so you'd have thought that they would have had a plan in place for the eventuality of this situation. And it seems to me like they firmly shit the bed. Um, obviously, they weren't clued into Operation London Bridge like everyone else and his mother was. Um, completely. <laughs> Anyway, firstly, what do you make of the decision to call off all the games? What do you think? Yeah, it's very <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I just say as well, why are we calling off grassroots football? What are we doing here? <laughs> it's pathetic. Well, it's not pathetic. Rest in peace to the Queen, of course. But um, a lot of other sports played on. I. Cricket, yeah. And in actual fact, cricket did it really well. Obviously, wore the black armbands. The they sung the the new national anthem, of course. God save the king. Uh, I think we could have had quite a nice moment if football had done the same around the grounds. But unfortunately, um, the Premier League decided against what everyone else was doing. Well, yeah. I mean, as always, and we saw this throughout COVID. They weren't given the clearest guidance on what they had to do. They were left told that it's up to you. By the way, we think you should cancel, but we're not going to tell you to cancel, um, which, of course, is uh, just a masterstroke from uh, the powers that be. Um, why do you think they cancelled? Like, why do you think they, they said to themselves, we, we've got to cancel? Because other sports clearly felt that it wasn't disrespectful to go ahead. And I don't think there's been that backlash for them going ahead, has there? Nope. That I've heard. So I can't see that they're worried about people reacting badly to it happening. So I really don't I don't understand it. Given some of the games next weekend are now going to go ahead as well. Arsenal's game at Brentford's happening at the weekend. What? Yeah, on the 18th. Yeah. I think we've got seven or eight out of ten going ahead. So, announced earlier. so why why are Chelsea, Liverpool and Leeds... Man they United... moved the kick-off time ahead, but, 
kicking off at 12, I think. I, un- I understand why Leeds United might not go ahead, given that you typically need to police that game. What? 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 I don't I don't understand it at all. And look, I don't want to get all top four, top six fan getting going, oh, we're so much better, blah, 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 blah. If there are teams that need to play the games now and can't afford to have another midweek game, it is those who have European commitments. So, like, I was I was talking to a friend of the pod, Gary Hodgson, for those who are fans of the, uh, the in and around cinematic universe. Um, we were talking and we were basically saying, where are they going to fit in these games before the World Cup? Like, where are they going to find the time to play these things? Like, where? Arsenal have now got nine or ten games in October, I think. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, but... And obviously, tragic circumstances that you can't foresee. But the thing is, from everything we know about the Queen's family, we've heard Prince William talk about how the great help that football has been to him and his mental health. We know that she loves sport. It just... It just baffles me that they decided not to go ahead with the games. And I, I hope they went. I hope the reason they decided to was they thought it would be disrespectful to go ahead rather than the fact that they thought that football fans might not behave because that's that's a narrative I've seen doing the rounds. Do you think that's a fair narrative? No, I don't think so. Uh, not myself either. I think I think uh, if there was one time where everyone was going to come together, I think this would this would have been the time. You, you're always going to get some idiots. That's that's obvious. But they, I think on this occasion they'd have been drowned out by everyone else. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. And actually, I think by leaving it, you probably make it worse. Next weekend, people are going to be less inclined because you you just cost them a week's football last weekend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we had to spend time with our families, for God's sake. Formula One. I mean, I, what are we doing? I, I had tickets to um the Fulham game, which which was I've said be honest I wasn't looking forward to so fair enough didn't want to go to Graven Cottage, um absolute shed. Anyway, <laughs> right as I said to Mike we're just gonna see where it takes us. I've got another question for you, and I want to talk about Neymar oh, because. Yeah. I think Neymar might be the most disrespected great player that's ever played the game of football. I, I, for a horror second, we're thinking Neymar's put some weird tribute to the Queen on Instagram. No, I've no, it. no. I'm for, <laughs> forgetting the Queen now. We, we're not going to... There's well, plenty we'll get her well, come on. I mean, we will forget her. Um, <laughs> uh, this is just, as a student of history, they'll be forgotten. Um, but moving on to talk about this next thing because I was watching the other night where I, there was actually some football on midweek Paris Saint-Germain played Juventus and Neymar has this wonderful assist for Mbappe I don't know if you see the reading thing. and I know that quite often come on here and talk about how Twitter is not re- reflective of the wider footballing community but there's such a vitriol for Neymar that I don't think there is for any other great player and I just sort of wanted to to ask the question of what do you all personally think of Neymar and kind of not as a man, but as a, as a player and trying to dig into if he is disrespected or if he is that good or if it, he's justifiably hated? I mean, as a player, definitely one of the best of the last 10 to 15 years. Um, and then 
I don't know. I feel like people hate him because he left Barca, didn't he, when they were sort of in their prime to go to PSG. I guess making a move that was clearly just about money is it, never going to go down well. Um, and I think a lot of people feel he's, an, he's a bit of an idiot. Like, if he'd stayed at Barca in that team, probably would have won some more Champions Leagues. Instead, he's sort of gone to the PSG. Obviously, done fine in France, but he did get them to a Champions League final, but they haven't been able to convert it into any Champions Leagues, have they? So, I think that's one of the reasons people hate him. But I think he's definitely, other than Messi and Ronaldo, probably up there for number three in that this era of football, I would say. I, I think the move to PSG definitely hurt the way people think about it. Um I think he's got to be the next best behind Messi and Ronaldo, isn't he, for this most recent generation of players. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know if he stayed at Barca, do you? If they would have won one more, given how that's all. Done. I don't think they would have won more. No, I'm not so sure. I, I think the whole, like, the whole him leaving Barcelona thing and stopping them from winning more, perhaps. Like, when he left them, they were... Suarez was Suarez had a couple more seasons before he went on the decline, but their midfield was already starting to creak, um, and their back line was already starting to creak. So there's no, when you think about the real horror Barcelona moments, like particularly the the loss to Liverpool, for example, there's no example that having Neymar there would have reflected that. But the the reason I sort of say it is, and that we're all sort of like victims of. The, the the moment, but I was just thinking about Neymar, and I'm particularly I was thinking about that that crazy game where they came back against PSG, and how that's like maybe that's probably one of the best games of football there's ever been, and on a pitch with Suarez and, ne- and Messi, Neymar was far and away the best player, and I think I think back to that run run where PSG went to the Champions League final, where yes Mbappe played really well, but when you watched those teams, you were like. You were like they been they were set up so interestingly that basically Neymar and Mbappe are playing on the counter. You just watch Neymar and you're like he can go either way. I don't know how you defend him. And the and when but when you hear people say when you hear people say like oh Neymar's one of the best Brazilians to play the game, people instantly recoil. And I just sort of I'm just curious as to why everyone seems to hate him because I think he's as talented as most football. I mean, he's not as talented as Messi, obviously, and he's probably not as talented as Ronaldo, but he's pretty much there about for anyone else I've seen. I mean, do you remember the hype around Neymar when he was when he was at Santos? I mean, I've not seen that about a young person. I mean, fair play to the guy. He turned up at Barcelona, he absolutely smashed it. So... I mean, Neymar's been around, how old is he, like 30, 31? And he's been around since he was like 16, 17 now. Like, he's, to have been that good for his whole career, basically, is uh, it's pretty rare in football anyway. But I don't know. I think one thing with what you say about him in the Brazil team, obviously that Brazil team, like 2002, 1998, obviously some, and even 2006, really, like some really iconic players that, have gone down well. Like, who doesn't like Ronaldinho? Basically, that crop of players. Everyone loves them, and everyone looks back on them with such sort of 
nostalgia really because they were a golden generation like one of the best generational teams really weren't they yeah. and to be fair Neymar realistically probably wouldn't look out of place in that team but people act like he's levels below it just because he's had to play with Fred yeah I was actually getting a Fred the striker he used to play for Leon Christ oh god yeah like just just to be clear when we talk about him for Brazil like and we talk about Ronaldinho Ronaldinho is the only player in to win all these trophies like the, he's won every single thing he can basically win and he's the only player to do that but when you talk about he you got to think about who he was playing with like playing with R9 he was playing with Rivaldo and then later on Kaka came through but like Neymar is going to end his career as Brazil's all-time top goal scorer. And you think about, I mean, he's on 74 now, and Pelé is on 77. Now, that 77 ones is counted by FIFA. Pelé's obviously up to 1,004 if you count all the ones he stuck past Cal the Dragon in his back garden, all right? <laughs> like, let's just clear that out of the way. Um, he's going to end as Brazil's top goal scorer ever. And I just sort of, I think back to the 2014 World Cup, where Brazil were dog shit, and then as soon as Neymar got injured, they got absolutely hammered because they. And then you realise how bad that team was and how much he's papering over the cracks. So I'm just, I'm just fascinated by him. And I do have a wild claim about him. He is fascinated. What's your wild claim? He's a better and more efficient player. Well, he's a more efficient player than Ronaldinho or Kaka ever were. And if he was in a different era, if he was in their era, he wins the Blondors that they win. I don't I'm not sure that's wild. I don't think he's better to watch than Ronaldinho, but I also don't care about that, for what it's worth. I, I do actually think he's probably a better player. I'll back um, him. I'm sorry, I just have no opinion on Neymar whatsoever. I just don't like him. But why? He's never available. I mean, that's fair enough. Put yourself on the pitch. That's fair enough. How many games? Hey, is that is that really? Mm. Must have missed a lot of PSG. To be I'm honest. sure, particularly at PSG, I think it's been quite. Yeah, bad. PSG since 2017, he's only played 99 league games. Since, since when? 2017. 17. He's only got. He's yeah, only. He's probably played more in the Champions League than in, in Liga. He's made 20 one. league games in this season twice and he's never got past 22 league games. Well, he, when he got to PSG, ever since he got to PSG and he started to get those niggling injury problems, it was interesting because that's the big knock against him, like you say. Isn't what it? do you mean the drinking and the buying? No, yeah, but, well, if we're going to do, if we're going to do that, yeah, let's do that for Ronaldinho who didn't have a career past like 29. Kaka wasn't great, was he, when he was older, was he? No. He fell off pretty hard too. I have no opinion. I just don't like him. I just the reason. I'm not sure I like him, but he's a great. Uh, I think player. he's a weird bloke, but I think as a footballer, he's, yeah. he's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and that's. I don't like Ronaldo. He's a great football player too. But that's why I wanted to bring. I kind of wanted to talk about Neymar because I did. I saw whenever he comes up, everyone's like he's not fit to lace these players' boots, and I'm just sort of like, that's nostalgia talking. And I liked Kaka. I loved watching Kaka and I love watching Ronaldinho, but this idea that he's not fit to lace their boots is ridiculous. So that's why I was interested in. Um, yeah. 
But other than that, I did just want to quickly reflect on Napoli Liverpool. Yep. Now here's something I could enjoy. And I want to ask you a question. This this might sound like a hot take, so no one leap down my throat, okay? If Trent played for any other team than Liverpool, would he even would we even consider having him in England starting eleven for the World Cup? I think yeah. Well, I don't think people would have put him near as much respect on his name if he hadn't been playing for Liverpool. He is them winning so much is sort of papered over the stuff that he's really not very good at. So, I, mean, I think if he plays if he plays for like Everton, then no, I don't. I don't think he's, he's already moved on. If he plays at Everton, I mean, well, true. Don't you see some likenesses between Leighton Baines and Alexander Arnold? <laughs> well, but it's delivery. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Do you not think that if Alexander it. Arnold had started lower down, would people hire him? That Leighton Baines is a brilliant cross of the ball. Great cross, a great set piece. Yeah. I've got exactly what I wanted out of this segment already. Better at pens too than Trent. Like, but I've got a real beef with Leighton Baines ever since the <laughs> official Premier League. Account well, was like, best left back in prep history. Oasis, I was like, what? Fifth member sideburns, to be fair. That was pretty horrible. <laughs> Mike is over there despairing at the Is it that awful? No, I see what you're saying. The similarities. Trent's obviously a way better footballer. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that, like... Uh, no, I back it. I do like it. His main strength is things <laughs> that you wouldn't necessarily put down to a defender. But Leighton Baines a better defender than Trent as well. Like. Yes, he is. Yes, he, he is and was. Yeah. <laughs> he also. I mean, he wasn't the worst defender. Never, there was never calls for Leighton Baines to play in central midfield. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure uh, there was. Just, I was I'm just sure there was. Crossing ability and stuff, really. I mean, Joe Gomez was the worst Liverpool defender on that pitch. Yeah. Lord. Have you seen the narrative about Van Dyke that now that he's got a crap midfield in front of it, he actually isn't a good defender? I Has anyone can't. seen that? I haven't I seen it. I can't. Like, well, right. so he's supposed to do the uh, midfield as well now, is he? No, but what they're saying is now he's less protected. Well, yeah, no shit. Every goalkeeper's right. seen Look, if the defence is leaving. Maldini, Maldini had Gattuso in front of him. He used to kick people. He had Pirlo in front of it. You're not, you, as a centre-half, you're nothing without you. In midfield in front of you. If you're constantly getting attacked and pulled all over the place, you're just going to look shit, aren't you? If you're at, Harry Maguire, I can tell you that. Yeah, I was going to say Maguire, For what it's yeah. worth, I do think narrative around Van Dijk over the last couple of years about how good he was was overblown. Like he was, he's obviously one of the best centre halves the Premier League's ever seen, but he was talked about as the best centre half we've ever seen, and he's always a bit. He, he strikes me as. He's a bit too casual at times, and that's what I've always found with him. And I do think that his worst habits of sort of being a bit too casual, he can look worse when there's nothing in front of him. And Liverpool's midfield right now, like it was a couple of injuries. I don't think I don't think even I don't think I'd known quite how steep the drop off was for Jordan Henderson. Like oh. Jordan Henderson is out there pulling a fridge now. Well, Mill was pulling three of them. Well, Milner can do at his age. Good lord. 
He's got a saga. He's got like a saga gift card or whatever it is. <laughs> gift card. I don't know. Like he just looks. Builder at thirty-seven. You're right. He's okay. He's had. A, he's had a good career. Like Jordan Henderson. Like what has happened there, Jordan? How old is? Jordan? How old? Yeah, I was gonna say. How old is? Two, I think. I'm on it. He is. Thirty-two. And there's very few times we get to come on this podcast and say that we were we were right two years after we said something. But when we sat here and we were like, how does Liverpool retain the title? And we said the biggest problem for them will be their midfield ageing out. And we're not sure if buying an injury-prone Thiago for £30 million is the right move. Here we are. Here we are again. Here we are again. Thiago not been that available. Uh, Very similar to Neymar. Spanish-Brazilian. What's in the water over in Brazil? Vodka. In the case of Neymar. I'll tell you what, we are scraping the barrel this week. Should we talk about Chelsea? Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Let's, keep, let's, keep, let's keep going, in fact. Let's talk about Arthur, another Brazilian in the, uh, the midfield. No, right, fair enough. Will, take it away. Two from out. Pottery. I don't want to. It's just, just tired. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I said this to you, boys. Like after the Lampard sacking, I, I don't care about the managers anymore. They're just as interchangeable as they come, aren't they? Like. Well, they Tuchel, certainly are Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Tuchel was brilliant. Tuchel was great. He was a great tactician. The, I, I, I sacking him. I don't. I think it was less of a shock to me than it seems to have been to non-Chelsea fans. Because the way some of the conversations that he's been having in the press and the media, and some of the the feeling around the club and the reporting about the unhappiness of the players like Werner and things like that as they've left the club and had a not supportive stuff didn't give perhaps the best inclination behind the scenes and I think you can see that in some of the performances on the pitch and the lack of commitment in certain Italian midfielders for example um, so from that aspect yeah I didn't believe it when I first read it I just—he's obviously—he's obviously an excellent manager. Um, when he again going back, if you want to go back to the episode where Lampard gets sacked, and you can hear us, you can hear me in particular railing against the appointment of Tuchel, saying that everywhere he goes, he pisses off the leadership, he falls out with everyone, he doesn't do what they want him to do, and that's and that's what happened. And then I think for about eighteen months at Chelsea, he looked. Perfect. You got on really well with the leadership. And then these new guys have come in and the reporting is that they want to bounce ideas off their manager. They want someone who's committed for the long term in the project. They want someone who, rather than just saying no to Cristiano Ronaldo, is going to explain why they want no to, to say no to Cristiano Ronaldo. And Tuchel clearly just wants to coach. So I think, I think if that's the case and that's who you want, then he's not fit for your project. Then it makes sense to move on to someone else. Whether it makes sense sacking a top five manager in the world to do that, I don't know. I, I just think it's another 
cracking argument for why you should have a sporting director in place. And it's no surprise that as of today, they're trying to hire someone. They have steps up there, whatever it is, to get the guy from PSG. So, I don't know. It all feels a bit bad to me. But congrats for Graham Potter. That's our boy. Maybe that is our God, what are we going to talk about? Apparently, the Bodo Glimt manager is the favourite. I saw talks of Steve Cooper. Imagine, God, imagine they signed 23 players. They signed 80 points, yeah. <laughs> Steve Cooper? Yeah. No, that no. makes no stylistic sense at all, does it? Who is this Bodo Glimt guy then? Uh, I don't know, but he, they, he did quite well with them in Europe. They seem to be quite the side. Yeah, like 6-1. I kind of back them to make the right decision with it. They, they've had this plan They're all smart. along, I'm pretty They're sure. Smart. Yeah. They'd have, they'd have known that someone was going to take uh, Potter off them. 100%. Yeah. I definitely can't say it. I was going to Here ask you go. to pronounce it. Exactly. <laughs> pronunciation of the week. K-J-E-T-I-L. Kajil? It's good as my guess, to be fair. And then, then Nutson. So that's fine. But I don't know how you say that first name. What we need is to get a clip from Yates of trying to say this, because that would be great. Oh, to... Send us a voice note, Yates. Try and pronounce it. Spell it as well, Yates, please. Even though I just told you. Wow. You're still not going to be able to spell it. Thanks. Um, how disappointed are you boys that Graham Potter's gone to Chelsea oh, so he man. can't take the English job? Really upset. Um, really annoyed me, if I'm being honest. I'm, I'm just worried that He's not quite ready for a top, top job yet, and this goes horribly. Oh, I, I bet that he's... Oh, Here I, he goes again. Dave with his South Coast bullshit. <laughs> Dave, Potter's from Solly Old, Dave. Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> going to go on to win 10 back-to-back Premier League. <laughs> That's what I like. Uh, I'm just, I like I'm just wondering if... You know, like a football manager where you can take over a national team and manager? Oh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Just well, do them he's both. good enough. Make a deep I mean, it... who goes to England next? I back it. And if we can get the Brighton owner as like head of recruitment to England, I think we've got a good chance. <laughs> head of recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy so, Welbeck back. I like this. Right. So always perform well in an England shirt. True. It's true. It is funny that he's gone from having not having a striker to not having a striker again. Um, if, if we start next season and he's like, I'm gonna have a look at Lukaku. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a look at sport. Look, if he brings rugby. Welbeck in, well, I'm gonna get into rugby if Lukaku's back at Chelsea Football Club. I really am. I, I'm, I already, I already don't want to see the interview the first week of training where Lukaku's like, I love this club. So, I would, like, I would pay good money to see all five foot nine of you on a rugby field. No, <laughs> yeah, good money. Played rugby once when I was young, broke my arm, retired. There you are. That's the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't told that story on the podcast before. Many surely, years. surely. Um, I like to think there wasn't even a tackle, it was a hard pass that he just totally got wrong trying to catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, what is. I, I'm not really interested in talking about Chelsea. Who fucking knows what they're going to do now? They, uh, Potter's a nice style of football. Maybe he'll get more out of the attackers. Blah, 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 blah. What I do want to talk about is how fucking low has Maurizio Pochettino's stock fallen? That yeah. 
Chelsea, I don't think Chelsea even interviewed with him. They said they shortlisted Potter and Pochettino, went straight to Potter, gave him the job. Like they paid they paid good money to Brighton to get him rather than go to Pochettino who, a few years ago. nothing. Talk the town like. Was it Potter? Well, was once you interview team? Potter, you're not you're not hiring anyone else, are you? No. Well, it seemed like they'd made him the number one choice right from the start, didn't it? So. Pochettino to Brighton then, like. One one could have said that he was the chosen one. Look, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, how is sorry, Potter's still the favourite for the England job. I wouldn't take that job in a million years. Not if you win the World Cup with England, like. But you're not going to win the World Cup with England. But I think Potter could. That's the thing. Is this because well back? And I mean, and yeah. we'd be playing nice football. I mean, imagine we wouldn't have to watch just stale oh, shite. I just to uh, potentially get to a final. Does that say Cooper was the second favourite, Mike? Uh, How second, Cooper third. Uh, Pochettino joint third, actually, with Steve Cooper, which would be phenomenal stuff. I quite like that, to be fair. I don't. I just... <laughs> Pochettino is known for building a team. He's going to build the young players. Deli Ali's back in. Yeah, oh, it, he can get the best out of Deli Ali. We've seen him before. <laughs> I, I think the best out of Deli Ali is just club appearances in Bournemouth. I think that's what Danny Ali's got to offer at this stage of his career. Him and the Wheelstone Raider doing the rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and just Adam from Love Island. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> um, g- going back to part G, you know, though, like, where does he go now? What what level of job is he looking at getting now if, if clubs aren't... Wait Chelsea for Jose are. to make a disgrace at Roma and then just slide in there, maybe. I'm just letting you know Jose's doing very well at Roma. I know he is. But it, it always turns around with Jose. It's only your second season. So you'd have to wait end of the year. I'm not sure where else he, he could go. Maybe the Newcastle job, if that comes up. That feels that Did they look at him last time when they hired Howe? Was he available then? I don't know. No, he wasn't. No. That, that, to me, feels like the right job for him because... Clearly, they need. They can't. Given what FFP is, what FFP is, they can't just throw 300 million at it. They need to. They need to sort of. You throw 100 million, then you throw 100 million here, but you basically need to build a team and a culture. And that feels to me like what he just sort of did on a lesser budget at Spurs. So it'd be really interesting to see him in that role, I guess. Well, not. I mean. Maybe you could say like the Atletico Madrid job or Juventus job if they ever came up. I don't know what else to even put forward. I mean, yeah, Juve maybe. I just can't imagine anyone other than Simeone being in charge at Atletico. See, I wanted to say that, Ross, but last time I said Simone and I'm... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we you put a spell on it. <laughs> I'd like to see Pochettino in England, I reckon. Yeah, well, I said that as well, Brighton. Look, the England job is a poison chalice. Can you think of a single person who's come out of that job better than they went in? No. No. 
Like, I, I don't understand why any manager who's got any any ambition beyond that. Well, Southgate will come out of it better than he went in because he was nothing before he got the England job. Yeah, but, but he'll, he's also going to come out of it and do nothing because. Yeah, if, but his reputation will be higher yeah, than it was well, before it, he got the England job. Agreed, but not not from a football perspective. No, no. But, but I mean, like, what he like failed at Middlesbrough and then he was at the under 21s, wasn't it? And that that's about all he'd done before he went yeah. to England. And which we interested him. Like, I don't want to get too negative about Southgate because he did do a wonderful job in terms of building that team and bringing the spirit and making that team into a team that we can all be proud of. I do think there's something about interesting what is probably the best generation of footballers we've had for a long time to a guy who is the type of manager that he is. No, I agree. Oh, no. I was going to say Lee Carsley. No, no. See him no. standing up. That, surely, no. He's not Andy Boothroyd anymore. But yeah, Lee Carsley, the current under-21 manager, which if uh, if history repeats itself... That would be line. so England, wouldn't it? Oh, that surely, no. Andy Boothroyd, by the way, either drew or lost the game against Andorra under-21s with this crop of England-21s. That's how bad that man is. How does he? I, I still can't believe he's not at Watford still. That's <laughs> where I have it. <laughs> and Nigel Pearson should also still be at Leicester. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Sorry. Antonio Conte has revealed that on Friday he went to Buckingham Palace to live this situation after the Queen died. <laughs> yeah, this is a direct contact quote. She was 96 years old, and honestly, for me, it was very difficult to believe she was dead because, in your mind, you think that the Queen is immortal. <laughs> to leave this situation in London for sure, I will keep this in my heart, in my heart for the rest of my life. What? Oh, Conte! I thought you said Angolo. They thought Angolo Conte. Could you imagine, like, could you oh, imagine, Conte like, went up there for six? Could you imagine, like, stood there, man. like the procession's going, and you turn to your right, and it's like, it's Antonio Conte just. Falling. <laughs> what a sight that would be. I'm shook at that. That is incredible. To live this situation. What a quote. And the, my favourite thing about that, clearly a very emotional thing. And the first the first comment in the tweet replies, not as heartbreaking as a walk through Spurs trophy room. <laughs> <laughs> like even in a time of it's the death of a national <laughs> Spurs are taking L's on the internet. Right, quick question and then we'll get out of here. Favourites for the Champions League? Did we do this? We did do this. So, Will, who is is your pick for the Champions League? Because you weren't here. Photo (laughs) glimpsed. Even in the Champions League. Who did you guys pick? Did you all pick City? I picked City. I, I picked someone else. That was a whole week ago. I'm glad it was, I'm glad it was a real pick week of vision. Oh, Real Madrid. I picked Real Madrid. There we go. I think I picked them too. I think they're, 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 they're still got a 100% real. record, haven't they? I think. I'm going to go on record. Mid-season change of manager with the Chelsea. That's what always happens. Mid-season? We're about 10 minutes in. Yeah, it's the middle of the season, isn't it? <laughs> If Potter wins a Champions League, if he wins sure Champions League, this would be incredible. Our boy, then we might get some listeners from like old episodes. Just, just firing <laughs> in. I'm just if like 
if Potter I'm going to start posting these under every Chelsea tweet, which will uh, be a hard task because there is a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot. If Potter, they I are active. I tell you what, Mike, you got the Instagram today. There's a lot of Potter content, though. Honestly, it looks like. Uh, looks like Finally, something, something on the grid I can get on board with. Yeah, honestly. Harry Potter and the active social manager. That's what it fucking is. Um, but if he win, like, is he a good candidate for the? Oh, I just no. I'm not even going to ask that. No, but oh, before we get out of it. Dave, I know you've got a Liverpool stat for us. Yeah. So, Virgil van Dijk went on a run of 150 matches in all competitions for Liverpool without giving away a penalty. He's given away two pens his last seven games. You need to end it with, like, protection or something, you know, like Octawood. <laughs> oh, no. Rash. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That was executed perfect. It, it, it's that up to Dave incoming. Look, I've seen this before. Last word may actually have been up to Joe's word also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mike, oh Mike showed the Chelsea grid. Yeah. But do you know the best thing about that? The absolute best thing about the Potter content today is you know they wanted to post that on Thursday. And like, could you imagine being in the Chelsea press room on Thursday where you, you were sort of like everyone around you like, the Queen's in trouble. We've got to get this announcement of the Potter out. We've got to get it out now. That's probably why they paid the compensation fee. They couldn't, have, they couldn't risk it. Well, the same with Wolves and Diego Costa. He's definitely been at Wolves way before today. Look, if my most anticipated fixture now is Wolves Tottenham on March the 4th, I need to see Conte and Costa fight. And I think it could happen. 8 out of 10 on the Chelsea recent grid. Is uh, is the I bet it's, I bet it's doing numbers though. I did, I, I, my favourite thing of Grandpa's uh, unveiling, other than when they give you the shot inside his office with the the intray of things to deal with, you know that cliche. But uh, it was when they were trying to take a video of him and a photo at the same time, and he's just like, I can't multitask, lads. I was like, yes, Grab, yes, I love it. Anyway, this has been a rambling bit of nonsense, hasn't it? <laughs> that was a tough 40 minutes to fill yeah as you know we've done it it's a sign of it's a sign of real pros real pros um there might not be any football next week if that's the case we will seriously debate doing a podcast because there's no there's there's, there's some prem games going there's ahead games we'll yeah we've got the bank all day on monday so we'll just, oh. Oh, yes, you'll be able to record if we can, uh, so. we can get well, the motions in check by the evening. Who are Brentford playing? Arsenal. The Arsenal, mate. Uh, you see, <laughs> well, what we really need, um, no offence, Ross, what we really need is an, an Ivan Tony <laughs> masterclass. Because I'm really thinking this season's narrative is going to be can we get Ivan Tony a big move? Well, oh, I predicted him to be top scorer, did I not? <laughs> you did, did predict he's going to be the oh, top scorer. I did. Yeah. You see it. It's got to be, what is he, second? It's a great shame that Haaland exists, but... Yeah. <laughs> Do you see Haaland, if Haaland carries on like this, he's going to accumulate 52 XG or something like that throughout this season. Yeah, and score like 84 goals or something <laughs> stupid. The, the, the thing about Haaland, and it is fascinating, is well, every single person who tried to pick holes in the Haaland transfer and was like, he's not going to do enough around the box, is actually, you know, like in terms of linking play, is actually correct in the sense that he's not doing a lot and he's touching the ball like eight times. So that that was a legitimate concern. 
the problem is, That's all the problem is yeah, it, all the, those touches are fucking at the back of the net. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, yeah, you were right, but also kind of overthought that a little bit. What I will say, however, Dar- Darwin Nunes is a pony. Like, you know how people talk about <laughs> Lukaku's first touch? Darwin Nunes is not only running out there in Timberlands, he's running out of there in wellies, mate. He's a pony as they come. Have you <laughs> seen the, the compilation of Anderson just winding him up, winding him up, yes. winding him up the whole game, and then Nunes obviously just snaps and gets sent off against him? It is hilarious. But, do you know what the thing is? You watch Liverpool and you're like, is Nunes playing left wing? And he's sort of like, he's like pulling out onto the left, and I'm like, you don't have that. You don't have the mineral. I think he did play there, didn't he, for, no. for Benfica? He looks like Torres at Chelsea, where he decides, I'm going to go on the left wing to get a touch of the ball. And then he loses the ball instantly. And he's got a really talented winger behind him in Diaz, and it wasn't Hazard in Chelsea. And they both go, fuck's sake, man, like, what's this guy doing? He is fucking pony as they come. I'd rather have Dom Solanke. You'd take that to the bag. <laughs> Say that to the bank. Fucking pony, honestly. Uh, Mark, are we worried about Knott's Forest? Not yet. They'll finish top half. Yeah. Top half? <laughs> uh, I am quite worried about them, yeah. Top oh. half? <laughs> wow! <laughs> I didn't mean that first part, but I am quite worried, yeah. I'm starting, quite to, get, worried. I'm starting to get a bit worried about them. I think, I think they might be good at some point, but it's going to take time for... 27 team. players to get to know each other and play together. Especially when 20, 22 of them are fullbacks too. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great, although that's usually in the in the training drill, defenders the attackers, defenders win. So should be fine then. Yeah, it should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Um, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so at the Ram Pod on all the socials. But if you want to keep up with us individually, Dave, where can they follow you? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore forty-four. Ross, where can they follow you? At Ross underscore Bird fourteen. And Mike, where can they follow you? Uh, at Mikey Breslin. Now we are currently pausing our campaign to get Ross a steak frites um, because of obvious reasons. So we will be back hopefully next week to talk about football, but who knows? We might not be um, because like the Premier League, we've been woefully unplanned uh, for what we were going to talk about today and we'll plan for the future of this podcast. But if you want to keep up to date with us, you can just email us in and around pod at gmail.com see if someone answers. <laughs> Probably not, but if you've got any questions, send it um, Until next time, see if Aaron Ramsey doesn't score another goal. Oh. Sayonara.